It's time for your NBA Daily Assist. Now, senior NBA writer for Bleacher Report, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. NBA Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Cold weather is here. Is your home's heating system ready? Lee's Heating and Air is now offering the winter furnace checkup for only $59. Call Lee's Heating and Air today, 801-747-LEE's or online at leesheatac.com. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease now through December 26th. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Of the Bleacher Report, he's our friend Howard Beck. Hi, Howard. How are you? Hey, Jake. Good. How are you? Doing very, very well. Uh, a little bit better myself than most Jazz fans out there right now, Howard. Get your take on the Jazz. They're coming off a, a five-game road trip, which was brutal, playing the best teams in the East, and then return home to play the Lakers, who look really great. But the Jazz, uh, on top of uh, playing against tough teams, Howard, they just haven't looked very good, and fans are a little uneasy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I have anything new to tell you this week that we didn't talk about last week. I just, you know, as I saw some of the Laker game, they just looked thoroughly outmatched. And um, But the Lakers are thoroughly outmatching a lot of people. And, uh, you know, as, as we often talk about, uh, you know, elite talent dictates this league. Uh, it's hard to, to compete with LeBron and AD. And the Jazz, for whatever reason, I think defensively don't seem quite the to be at, at their peak yet, but you know they've also often been a, a great second half team. You know they, they they've often the last few years had those early season struggles and kind of pulled it together mid season. And sometimes it's been injury influenced for the Jazz, um, but I, I think the defense will get back to where it needs to be. But um, you know the Lakers are making everybody look bad, so I don't think that they should necessarily take too much from that one. But it just shows you how big the gap still is between them and the the, the top teams. In the West, and right now that's the Lakers and Clippers, and I, I don't know that anybody else is even really close. Um, you know, they might be in the standings, but I don't think anybody else is in terms of, of uh, long-term potential this season. So, uh, I, I, same old concerns that I've had with the Jazz the last couple of years. Uh, they're just there's not enough offensive punch there, and they, they've been able to get away with that when their defense has been at an elite level. But as, as soon as your defense slips, there's just not enough dynamism in that offense. And, uh, again, things we've talked about, you know, Ingles maybe not, not being as, as sharp uh, to start the season, Mike Conley not being uh, the, the same player so far. And, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that I have any words of, of encouragement for Jazz fans. I, I think you just got to kind of let, let this thing play out and, and see if they can, you know, find a, a little bit better rhythm as they go. Howard, you're there in the New York area, and the Knicks, obviously, in the news today, parting ways with their head coach, David Fisdale. What was slash is a bigger problem with the Knicks, Fisdale or the clunky cavalcade of power forwards that don't seem to fit to the modern game? I mean, it's closer to the second thing you mentioned, but that's just an indication of bad management overall, which is the story of the New York Knicks for the last 20 years. Their problem, you know, if, if, if we're talking about just the, the, the moment, you know, just today, Fresnel was fired um, mostly because of problems not created by him. I don't think he did that great of a job in the year plus that he was the Knicks coach, but he wasn't given very good tools to work with. Um, that said, there have been other teams the last several years where, as they're rebuilding, you see a coach come in and start to create an identity and a culture and, 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 and give a, a fans a distinct sense of what they're going to be about. 
the Nets did that while they were rebuilding in their first couple of years under Kenny Atkinson when they had almost no talent there to speak of. But you got a sense immediately of what they were trying to accomplish, what their offense was trying to do, what their defensive identity was. They they had a, a, a you know a, a clear mission about them, and, and other teams picked up on it. And the Sixers even did that during the process. But there's been no identity formed during the time that Fizdale has been here. Now you could argue that it, he wasn't here long enough, and they've turned over a lot of the roster in the meantime too. But um, I just I just don't think that that there was any indication that he was having a positive impact in his. Bad as the roster is, it, I don't think it should be four and eighteen bad. So, you know, I mean, maybe they should have three or four more wins, and then that's still a bad team. But still, you can make the case he just didn't do the best with what he had. But it, it still goes back to the, the bigger picture, though. The bigger picture is this is what the Knicks do every couple of years. They're firing a front office, or they're firing a coach, or firing both, and starting the process all over again. And there's no, uh, uh, you know, continuity. There is no consistent vision from the top, from ownership, and that's Tim Dolan. Um, he's he's always been this way. He's impulsive, he's impatient, and he's a meddler. And while there's no evidence that he's he's hijacked a trade as he once upon a time did with the Carmelo Anthony deal, um, he is the one responsible for installing Steve Mills as head of basketball operations, and Steve Mills had no prior experience running a front office. And or even being a, a, a GM, except for the short time that he spent under Phil Jackson. Steve Mills was, you know, came up as a basketball marketing person, and so, um, you know, but he was he was a Dolan guy, and so Dolan hired him to run basketball operations. And this is what you've got: they were overconfident in free agency, they struck out on the big names, they spent wildly on a bunch of you know redundant power forwards, and here they are. So uh, I think it was a few weeks ago, maybe it was a little bit longer than that. I believe it was Kevin Durant who who made some comments about how nobody wants to play for the New York Knicks. I would I would guess that they have a similar reputation in coaching circles. And with that in mind, I mean, who exactly would be a, a candidate for this gig, or what kind of what kind of job would actually take, or what kind of coach would actually take this job? Somebody always will. I don't know who that would be today. Um, Somebody always will because they'll get paid a lot of money to do it. But if you follow the last several years of, you know, uh, Knicks coming and goings, uh, whether it's GMs or coaches, whoever, everybody always kind of leaves worse off than when, than when they got here. You know, uh, Phil Jackson was a legend, and then he came to run the Knicks, and he, he's now, you know, that, that kind of experience tarnished him. The experience, experience tarnished Isaiah Thomas and Jeff Hornacek and Larry Brown and Lenny Wilkins and the list can just go on and on. Um, somebody will take the job um, because it pays well and because this is a great market and there's a certain prestige to it. But, uh, it, it, you know, I hate to be this bleak about it, but it feels like, you know, this is a, this is a job that you come in doomed to fail. You try your best, then you know that, you know, the worst thing that happens is you get fired and you walk away with a lot of money. Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to get your thoughts on Houston, uh, the Rockets, protesting this game against San Antonio. And granted that that James Harden, that, that dunk, it, it went in. I mean, it was one of your more ludicrous calls or missed calls or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it was, it was horrible. But they can't actually believe that they're going to replay the end of this game, right? How about hold on to the 13-point lead regardless? Yeah, I... I generally fall in the camp of whenever anybody is citing officiating as a reason that they lost a game 
it's not to say that the fish eating is blameless. You know, that you know, refs blow calls. Uh, you know, things happen. But I'm kind of following the camp of, of what you just kind of outlined, which is, hey, you, you, you've got a million other ways to, to win the game. There's a bunch of other things that you did that were completely in your control that or didn't do that cost you a game on any given night. So I don't really believe in blaming the refs for wins and losses in general. Um, this is a really weird case because it's not, oh, hey, we got fouled and you didn't call it or whatever. It's They actually scored a basket that did not count, that should have counted, which I don't, I, I'm undecided on this, like, just intellectually. Is that the same thing as missing a foul call that, that prevented a potential basket or mm. a, an out-of-bounds call that was incorrectly ruled? Is that the same I don't know. I mean, the Rockets are certainly making that case. They're, or, or they're making the case this is different than that. This is not just your average blown call. This is, we scored a basket. We did what you're supposed to do. We put the ball through the hoop, and it should have given us two points, and instead it ended up giving us zero points. Um, that's, you know, that's a problem for the league. Uh, it, was, it is a horrendously blown call. Oh, that's also the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. I don't know that I've ever seen anywhere at any time a ball go through the basket and then somehow magically like squirt around the outside of the rim and come back up over it like i i don't even understand the physics of what happened um and i don't know what their their chances of of winning this protest are i if i had to guess my guess is that that they get uh turned down on this that they that they don't win the protest um and that it's not replayed but I can I can see where they're coming from. It is, a, it is a thoroughly bizarre situation. Howard, if you're looking for a physics lesson, you've come to the wrong show, my man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about the Lakers. We just saw them. Uh, LeBron, Anthony Davis. That's that's obviously working so well. Where they really impressed me the other night, Howard, is the other pieces that they've put around LeBron and Anthony Davis are functioning together remarkably well. They are. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm among those who's been a little skeptical of the supporting cast that, you know, they don't have a clear third guy the way that the Clippers do with Lou Williams. Um, and that's not always necessary. And when your top guys are as talented as LeBron and ADR, um, it creates a lot of room and opportunity for, you know, guys like Danny Green, Catavius Caldwell, Pope, or whoever, to, to do their job, or even for Dwight Howard, who's finally, finally, finally accepting a limited, tailored role and playing it to the hilt. And kudos to him for, for taking advantage of that and, and doing a great job for them. Uh, you know, the concern for them will be it's we're only a quarter of the, of the season in. Anthony Davis has some shoulder issues already. LeBron is about to turn 35. Can they get through the season with those guys in uh, you know at, at peak performance level without any drop off, without any injuries? Um, if they're if they need load management, if they need a night off, or whatever it may be, um, you know who carries them then? Um, and that may not be an issue ultimately. You know, you get to the playoffs. You know, as long as your stars are healthy, they're going to carry you night in, night out. But over the course of the 82-game season, it's important to, for them to preserve LeBron as, as much as they can, given the mileage on him and, and Anthony Davis uh, for different reasons. And so they don't have another guy they can turn to when those guys are either out or limited. Um, but as long as they're whole, you know, that, that's a really potent team. 
Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report with us in 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So who knew that uh, pulling uh, the, the Blazers' season out of the fire was uh, uh, it was only going to take Carmelo Anthony? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, not quite as simple as that, of course. I don't think <laughs> this is just about them picking up Carmelo. Um, they did need just some change, some injection of, of new blood and, and uh, you know, somebody to stabilize them a little bit. They they made a lot of changes in the off season and you know my feeling is that you know their you know chemistry is such a delicate thing and such a hard to define thing and you know you you know it when you see it and then you you don't realize it when you've lost it until until things start to fall apart well they they lost you know all these guys over the summer that most people probably thought and eh, they're just role guys and but it was you know Al Farouk Aminu and Mo Harkless and Myers Leonard and Jake Lehman and um, Evan Turner. And, you know, those all seem like just replaceable parts, but that team consistently overachieved during the time that they were there. And now all of a sudden they're all gone. They've been replaced by this other cast of characters, including Hassan Whiteside, who's been kind of a a chemistry buster or at least a chemistry concern in prior stops. And so they suddenly just weren't the same. Well, it's because it's not just about C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard. It's about the whole group. Um, so Carmelo comes in at a time when they're really desperate and is able to put some easy points on the board, and it's it's helped stabilize them. You know, look, is, is he the long-term solution? Is he going to do this the, the entire season? Is he going to accept uh, a limited role in the nights when it's more about Lillard and McCollum? Um, because Carmelo's usually wanted a, a really, uh, you know, extensive role so like how's it how's it ultimately going to work out over the course of the rest of the season i'm not being trying to be skeptical about it i'm just saying like it's, it's really early yet and he's had a few good games and they've won a few and that's great but I, I don't think we should rush to draw conclusions howard today our conversation with you was a brief break away from uh college football talk utah's in the pac-12 title game tonight against oregon uh with your gig do you get a chance to be a, a fan of other sports or, or do you get in or pay attention to other sports that are going around or are you just so deep in the nba it's it, it all moves on past you yeah i, I stopped uh, being a fan of, of any teams or rooting for anybody a long long time ago uh in general because of the job and when it comes to other sports, I, yeah, I'm so immersed in the NBA. I don't really feel like I have time anyway for those other sports. Um, so no, it, it's uh, I'm 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 uh, absolutely oblivious to everything else going on in college football, you know, pro football, baseball, whatever it may be. Well, I'll tell you this: I know you are a world famous celebrity. So if you bump into any college football playoff committee members, Howard, put in a good word for Utah. I know you haven't probably watched <laughs> them, but slip a good word in there, buddy. I'll see what I can do. Thanks, Howard. You're the man. That is Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report uh, taking a little break from college football for uh, our NBA Daily Assist. We'll talk college football with Gordon Monson coming up right around the corner. Uh, Stay tuned for that. Hans Olsen going to jump on the show as well. And, of course, pregame officially takes over at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.